Hello there. This is Series 8 of Satisfied. The Series 8 podcasts enhance the God-dependent woman Bible study covering the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In these podcasts, we've been learning why God wants for us women to be God-dependent women and how we can do that. In the last podcast, we explored what it means to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 4 of the God-Dependent Woman Bible Study. We'll look at the purpose and reward of enduring the challenges of life as God-dependent women. We are the Rome of God spreading everywhere the knowledge of Him. We're also a living letter presenting Christ to those who are reading us. And we are an illustration of being transformed by the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ so that our lives will show God's glory to others. But whether you will be a delightful aroma, an inviting letter, or a clear image of Christ depends on how much you are relying on God to lead you and change you. We look at our frail human bodies and say, Lord, how can you use me with all my weaknesses? The best news is that God overcomes your weaknesses with His power as you trust in Him. When something goes wrong, you know, not the way you planned or imagined, you may feel helpless as a victim of circumstances, or you might be the person who dwells on your mistakes. You may focus on your inadequacy, not being enough of uh, whatever. (laughs) And sadly, other people like to point out all those weaknesses in your life too, making you feel even worse about them. Have you experienced that? Our God calls us to live by faith. Faith involves trust in a God who loves us, who cares, who can guide us, and knows all about our weaknesses. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, that we have this treasure of God's life in our frail human bodies, jars of clay. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says that Jesus understands our weaknesses because he has been tempted in every way, just as we are. We can approach his throne of grace with confidence that we will receive mercy and help in our time of need from someone who understands. God helps us in our weakness and works for our good according to his purpose for us. That tells me that our God has bigger purposes for our weaknesses than what we see or know each step of the way. When it comes to our circumstances, our mistakes, and our feelings of inadequacy, He asks us to trust that He is bigger than all of those. You can know that God is bigger than your circumstances. Circumstances are those conditions affecting our lives that are beyond our control or ability to fix. Think of Paul's circumstances. In chapter one, he said that they were under great pressure, far beyond their ability to endure in deadly peril. That was out of their control. They didn't do anything wrong. God allowed that for many reasons, including what they themselves would learn about trusting God through those horrific circumstances. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, these words, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, 
struck down, but not destroyed. Our God is faithful to not let us be crushed or destroyed, even in the worst of circumstances. He doesn't abandon us. We can trust Him. You may be facing your own version of desperate circumstances, health problems, lack of income, bad relationships, or problems someone or something else caused, like the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. Having to face those circumstances leaves you with choices. You can become whiny and bitter, or you can depend upon God to get you through them. It's even likely that you would learn to see and appreciate God's gifts to you in a greater way. God is bigger than your circumstances. If He wasn't, He wouldn't be God. You can also know that God is bigger than your mistakes. I think of mistakes as being of two kinds. The first kind is willfully going against clear biblical guidance about what is right and wrong. When we do that, we usually figure out pretty quickly that it's a mistake. The second kind is attempting to fix a problem without clear biblical guidance. When it doesn't turn out as expected, I have a tendency to regret that decision as a mistake. Do you? But what about those things not clearly defined as right and wrong in the Bible? Where you live, where you work, where to invest money? God has given us a mind to use for making decisions in those areas of life. So we should pray, ask for guidance from the Holy Spirit, get advice from other believers, check to see if it's legal, then make the decision and act on it. Life is daily. When we read the scriptures, we don't see God telling the people what to do every minute of every day. Living by faith includes the whole process of trusting God while making a decision and trusting God with the results of it. It's all about faith, not about being perfect. God is bigger than your mistakes. If He wasn't, He wouldn't be God. And you can know that God is bigger than your inadequacies. To be inadequate means failing to reach an expected or required standard to be insufficient and lacking. Now, some of us wallow in our inadequacies. God knows all about those things in which we feel insufficient or lacking, just not enough. Sometimes He leaves us to ourselves so we will recognize how insufficient we are without Him. Then we will desire Him more. Have you noticed this in your life? I have in mine. Thankfully, God is bigger than your inadequacies. If He wasn't, He wouldn't be God. So, dear listener, stop responding to desperate circumstances with hysteria or replaying mistakes over and over in your mind or wallowing in your inadequacies. The question to ask now is this. What are you going to do today to press on beyond that? You press on by changing your perspective to look at the purpose and reward for enduring those difficult things. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. Paul lists much of what happened to him over the years in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 11 beatings, shipwrecks, being robbed, imprisoned, chased down, going hungry. <laughs> How can he call those light and momentary troubles? Could you? 
The key for Paul and for you is to look at the purpose and reward for enduring the troubles of life. We already know that God wants us to rely on Him more than on ourselves as we go through the bad times as well as the good times of life. He promises us that He has a greater purpose and there will be a reward for our endurance. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, what we go through during sufferings produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. The Bible uses that word endurance a lot. We need to learn some biblical truths about endurance. Truth number one, endurance is good for us. The Greek word translated endurance is a strong word that means bearing under. It's holding up a load with staying power and stick to Staying power requires some long-term burden, not just getting stuck in traffic. If we think of that as suffering, that is trivializing what Paul is saying. The troubles that develop endurance aren't those of an afternoon. Endurance is good for us. It teaches us staying power for a long-term burden. Truth number two, endurance makes us stronger. Think about how we can prevent osteoporosis, a condition where bones have lost so much density, they look kind of like Swiss cheese, making them weak. Now, holy bones are not good for anyone, especially older women. But to have strong bones requires regular intake of vitamin D and calcium plus load-bearing exercise. Nutrition alone won't develop strong bones. Bone needs to be stressed to become stronger. Bible study alone won't develop endurance. Just like load-bearing exercise makes your bones stronger, troubles that challenge your faith do that too. Truth number three. Endurance is necessary to grow up into maturity. Think about the process of human development, teething, learning to walk and ride a bike, and adolescence are painful but necessary parts of developing into adulthood. The goal is to grow up into a fully functioning, responsible adult, right? What if my daddy never let me go away from home and experience challenges of personal decision-making. I couldn't grow up. What if my Heavenly Father never let me know any needs? I wouldn't know how to rely on Him for real strength. But here in America, we don't necessarily desire endurance. We get sidetracked with our comforts and our rights. Without endurance, we become satisfied with immaturity. We have men and women refusing to grow up into maturity. In the workplace, in the home, and in the church. That's what happens when we overprotect children from going through troubles so they don't develop endurance and maturity. They've got a huge hurdle to cross when it comes to following Jesus. God's goal for us is to be mature and complete. Endurance is His tool to help us reach that goal, to grow up. Truth number four. Endurance teaches us to depend on God more than on ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. 
God wants us to be able to stand firm in Christ. Going through troubles is God's will for us. He allows things in our lives to challenge us. But His motive is not to trip us up. His motive is not to make us fail. He wants to develop that endurance in us. It is not so we don't need Him any longer, but that we would rely on Him more. He wants to make us stand firm in Him and to get us through whatever. Once again, we get the wrong message about this from social media. Do you try handling it all first, then give it to God? That's our saying to evaluate this week. This is what it says. When you can no longer handle it yourself, give it to God. True or false? Well, it's terrible advice. If you're supposed to be strong enough on your own to handle a difficult time but can't handle it yourself, then you begin to focus on your weaknesses and feel like a failure, right? You look at the awful circumstances as your fault. You replay mistakes over and over in your mind or wallow in your inadequacies because you can't handle it yourself. Here's the biblical truth, straight from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the pen of Paul. You are not, repeat, not supposed to handle it yourself. Whatever the difficult it is, you cannot handle it yourself. So rely on God from the get-go. Now that doesn't mean that God isn't going to use your knowledge and experiences to handle the situation. But you are not to start out doing it on your own first. You aren't going to get that from our culture though. So to overcome this bad advice, remember what Yoda said in The Empire Strikes Back, you must unlearn what you have learned. So from today's lesson, the relearning includes viewing hardships and pain as light and momentary troubles that have a purpose and a reward. Let me assure you of this. God loves you. He knows what is going on in your life. He can do something about it, and you can trust His goodness in whatever He chooses to do. Dear friends, we have a big God. He can take whatever is looking ugly in our lives and make it something praiseworthy. Maybe all that you've been through in life, desperate circumstances, blaring mistakes, and obvious inadequacies have led to this moment when God has brought you to get this message so you can learn to rely on Him more than on yourself as you endure through the challenges of life. From our lesson today, here are some reasons why God wants us to depend on Him more than on ourselves. He can demonstrate His power through our frailty being jars of clay. Chapter 4, verse 7. He keeps us from being crushed when we are burdened. Chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. He reveals Jesus' life in and through us. Chapter 4, verse 10. He can keep us from losing heart. Chapter 4, verse 16. He renews us inwardly while we outwardly waste away. Chapter 4, verse 16. He gives us an eternal perspective about our light and momentary troubles. Chapter 4, verse 18. He will give us a new resurrection heavenly body as a reward. Chapter 4, verse 14. Chapter 5, verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 5. 
because we must live by faith, not by sight, chapter 5, verse 7. We will be with him when this life ends, chapter 5, verse 8. So we will learn how to live to please him, chapter 5, verse 9. And he rewards us for our earthly lives, that's chapter 5, verse 10. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with confidence that you can depend on him. Then live each day as a God-dependent woman. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 8 of Satisfied.